0: Okay, Exodus Exodus 20, which is the second one. Has anybody got any duct tape? My Bible's falling apart again. I heard somebody say once that a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to somebody whose life isn't. It's not necessarily true. I work in the music business. My entire life is like falling apart. To um,
1: fall apart, your Bible just has to stay in the car and the dash one time too much.
0: Or, to be honest, it just needs to belong to somebody that, like me that's kind of lazy. Um, because I, I don't want to get a new one because I don't know I can't find anything anymore. So I just my wife's bought me like three different new Bibles in the last 15 years. Um, okay, Exodus 20. Okay. So this one tonight is, uh, is tricky to me. Like I was a little tricky. Did anyone else catch the idea of that, like, idols, no idols, and no gods, that's two different commandments, right? Because they're two different things. Except for that they sound a lot like the same thing, don't they? Right? An idol and a god. Um, Jay, I apologize if I get you in of
2: <coughs>
0: all this stuff. Somebody has an excellent pen show. We can just write our on it a couple times. 800 times. I don't know, but my, my kids—if they were in this class—it didn't take. Wait <laughs> 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 a second! <laughs> I have to come back and call. Duro. <laughs> I don't know who taught it, but we need someone else on that next week. So um, well, that was pretty efficient. So Exodus twenty, okay. Commandment number one: <clears throat> No other gods, right? Except I'm going to make that lowercase just in case you're wondering. Um, And two, there's no idols. Whereas the KJ, we like to call it, King James, calls it no other, no graven images. It says you'll not, verse uh, four, make for yourself an idol, King James, graven image, in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the... Well, I don't know if we'll get into this part or not, but punishing the children. King James says a word, uses a word that I like better, which is visiting, which is actually more accurate. I will visit you, the children, for the sin of the fathers. And it sounds different, doesn't it? Visiting the children for the sin of the fathers, the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Interesting, though, if you just take that at face value and think he's just talking about Abraham, a thousand generations later, he still loves his people for what it's worth. So, no other gods, which is, we talked about last week, and if you weren't here, uh, sorry, sorry, Oh <laughs> the podcasts are available uh, no other gods is just that it's, you, know, you have the god of the universe a unique thing that only Christianity only Judaism only our lineage of faith says which is no other gods the other faiths including voodoo which we just experienced in Haiti is, it's basically by the way if you research it at all it's kind of like Catholic, uh, Catholicism but really creepy like they take the Catholic stuff and then they add in a bunch of West African and African stuff and it creates this like super creepy Catholicism. But it's, there is a God, okay, bondier, I can't remember what it's, how it's pronounced. And then there are a whole bunch of spirits, little gods, and that's who they worship. And that's encouraged in that religion. In our religion it says we got one, we got Jehovah, we got Yahweh, we got God, okay. So that's pretty simple. Idols on the other hand. And look what it says. It says, don't form anything in heaven or uh, after anything uh, in heaven or on earth or beneath the waters below. That's important because that's what was happening in that society. It's what happens even today. Like Polynesians would say that, you know, they look to the turtle and how robust it is and it can survive. And so they, you know, create an image of God that looks like a turtle or the uh, American Indian, right? They look to the eagle. And if you looked at the top of the totem pole, there's an eagle because the eagle is majestic and it can see and it's powerful and it's beautiful and and in this society, the pyramid uh,
3: <laughs> also.
0: That was uh, <laughs> that was the Da Vinci Code. But anyway, um. But in the Egyptian culture, one of the animals that they would create was uh, an image to was the cow. Now, I've had some great steak, and I kind of support that. I'm very pro-cow, right? I had a steak in Minneapolis on Saturday night, and I'm very, very pro-cow. But they would look to the cow as like serene and calm and giving. It would feed its young from itself, and they would say, that is an image of God. Which, by the way, shouldn't surprise us then when you see Israel just a few chapters later when... Moses comes down the hill, and he has captured them, caught them, dancing around a golden cow. Now, keeping in mind, that wasn't necessarily them worshiping a false god. It was an idol, which is different. It's different because they take an essence of God, an image of God, and try to capture that into an image that they can get their mind wrapped around, that they can understand. Okay, So like with the American eagle, with any eagle... That's great because that does kind of, and God even uses it to paint a picture a little bit of of, of one of his pieces of who he is, right, his character. But if that's the only image you have of God, it's inaccurate because that's also an animal that swoops down out of the sky and picks off little weaklings, okay? That's not God. And so it's taking an essence of God, and this is germane, believe me, I'm going to hopefully tie this together. It's germane because, well, I'll get there in a minute. We can't take just that image of God. Because even with the cow, okay, serene, it does provide for its young. Famine comes, what happens? The cow dies. Or it can't provide for its young. It can't do these things that it's supposed to do. It's not an accurate image of God, okay? You shall not make any graven image. And here's the definition. I heard a guy named John Corson say this, and I'm glad he said it, because it actually began to make sense no other gods is worshiping false gods and I'm sorry this feels academic I hope it won't for very long idols is worshiping the true god capital G in a false way That sums it up because it 's taking what we can get our mind wrapped around it 's basically saying, "I wonder what God looks like. I wonder what God is like. I wonder what his image is in the entertainment business, we very much guard and protect somebody 's image, like if I were to say Brad Pitt, you would be able to maybe rattle off two or three things that are what his image is he 's impossibly good looking okay he is Uh, a great actor and he's very socially active his social justice that's his image if you will the problem is that's not Brad Pitt that's not who he is that's just a piece of who he is right and so what I think is important is I don't know anybody that even knows anybody that has created little images of God that we use to worship God with maybe on tvn but I'm not sure Um, I think you can send your love, you have to get a couple of those things, but um, I don't know anybody that does that. that. What we do, what I think we do, what I want to lay out there for you guys and then we can talk about it, is I think what we have done in America is we have created an image. Maybe we didn't draw it, maybe we didn't hammer it out, maybe we didn't build it out of gold or whatever, but we have absolutely created an image of God by who we are, by our lifestyles, by the way that we choose to live. Because if you look right now at what our world thinks of us, okay? Now, this is a book, if you've never read it, it's absolutely fascinating. These two guys, Gabe Lyons and David Kinnaman, did some research on people that don't know the Lord, that live in America, and what their perception of us is, okay? Now, the fact is, you might say, well, yeah, you're going to read this, Darren, But, this is describing us as believers, but if we are being conformed into his image, okay, they look at us and we represent who he is. Here's what America, when they're interviewed, when they're um, polled, think of us. They say, 91% of them would say that we're anti-homosexual. 87% say that we're judgmental. 85% say we're hypocritical. These big three, in quotes, are followed by the following negative perceptions embraced by a majority of young adults old-fashioned, too involved in politics, out of touch with reality, insensitive, boring, not accepting of other faiths, confusing. It says this is what a new generation really thinks about Christianity. Now, if you go with me to Colossians, you can hold a finger in Exodus. The question is, is that what Jesus looks like? And that's important because in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says that he is the image, talking about Jesus, the image of God. If you're wondering what God looks like, it's not Charlton Heston. Okay? It's not George Burns. It's Jesus. If you're wondering, what is the essence of God? who is What is the image of God? And in fact, again, you can go with me to Hebrews. It says it actually more explicitly. You can go to Hebrews. Eventually I'll get there. I thought that I lost that page. It says in verse 3. Listen to this. The sun is, uh, I'm sorry, chapter one. It's easy. It's on, you know, page 1054. The sun, talking about Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. And listen to this, catch this. And the exact representation of his being. Jesus is the picture of God. We don't have to figure out what he looks like, what he acts like. We know, it's Jesus. And then if you go with me to Romans Follow me, this is, I know there's a lot of turning tonight. Romans chapter 8, verse 29, I think. Oh, we might be here a while. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined, listen to this, to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So here's the picture, guys. Jesus is the image of God, okay? We don't have to have a graven image. We don't have to create an image because we have Jesus who is our image, okay? And you're probably thinking, yeah, Darren, this is actually rudimentary, but hang with me. Our job then, what God is doing to us is to conform us to his image. And in Romans 12, just one page over there, part of what our job is is to not conform, verse two, any longer to the pattern of this world, were to conform to him, not to the pattern of this world. I heard, uh, I think it was Phillips as a theologian, but he talked about it basically like being squeezed, pressed into this image, this <coughs> mind of what the world is. And in the old days, okay, I used to think, and I think that it still means this, don't get me wrong. I think this is a part of it. That that meant being crushed into this, you know, drugs and sex and alcohol and all those things that your mom told you not to do and that we've heard the Baptists and the Charismatics and everybody tell us not to do. That was the only thing I thought about when I thought about the image of this world, to be conformed to the image of this world. Now, and this is the part, I want you to know I've kind of struggled with this. I've thought a lot about it. I even laid awake last night thinking about it. That's why I didn't get a blog out today because I was really, like, the dots weren't connecting, okay? But I think they're connecting now. I think that finally I'm getting it. And that is that, Conforming to the image of this world also would mean catering to the powerful. If you're rich, then you're popular. If you're, all these things that, uh, that the world would say to us, that power is the goal, that money is the goal, that being famous and successful and having a big house and, you know, two, you know those are the, that's also the world. It doesn't mean that they're sinful, but if you are conforming yourself to that image you're squeezing yourself into a mold that you were never meant to fit in. We're supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. And it's so easy because we can look to what Jesus did. How did Jesus live? How did he speak? What, what were his goals? What were his objectives? And then begin to cross-reference our life. Because if I were to describe an American Christian and say that they're judgmental, they're hypocritical, that they're, and, and maybe that's not accurate of all of us, but that's the perception as a whole. That's the image. And then I cross-reference it with who Jesus was. It's the complete opposite of who Jesus is. You would think of Jesus as compassionate, as merciful. He, he didn't tolerate sin, but he loved the sinners. And somehow he made un- powerful people feel incredibly uncomfortable around him. And he made people that were in sin and who were weak and who were poor and oppressed and marginalized, somehow they felt very comfortable around him. And I don't know if you've been around somebody who's been, and it's interesting, even in our environment and journey, which I think is a very welcoming environment for the most part, you bring some folks in from like Place of Hope or something, and maybe they're just getting off of, you know, out of treatment, and they feel uncomfortable in our environment because they're marginalized and they're oppressed and they're, you know, they're, they're the least of these, and they feel really weird coming into our world because we're not that. And so somehow we have made those people feel uncomfortable, but we've made powerful people feel very comfortable coming in. That's the opposite of what Jesus was. And, and I'm not suggesting I'm sitting here with all the answers tonight. I'm just saying that if we're to create an image, okay, and I think that maybe it isn't a literal but a metaphorical conversation of saying, as the American church... We have created an image of God that doesn't match with who Jesus is. If we're to be conformed to his image, and his image was when he saw 5,000 people who, and I appreciate it when we say that they were hungry, okay, when he fed the 5,000, but I don't think we really understand because, you know, I was, I was so hungry about 2 o'clock this afternoon that I was mad, okay? Well, I had gone past sad and I was angry, okay, because I had not eaten and, and it was my own fault, but I was still mad about it, okay? But I had at least eaten breakfast, okay? I had a big bowl of oatmeal and a granola bar and a coffee. So, you know, I wasn't that hungry. But imagine like these folks. They were hanging out in a field for a couple days, okay? That's hungry. And that's the kind of hungry where people start getting sick and tired. And Jesus looked on that crowd and he was moved with compassion and he fed them. He would see people that were, that were broken and who were rejected and he would accept them and he would forgive them and he would send them on their way empowered He would see people that were sick and he would heal them. And that was the image of who Jesus was. And somehow our image as a church is of this other thing. And I think, man, we've really got to do better. And I don't know that we can change it systemically. But I love what we're doing with Conduit because in some ways, I don't know that we do a great job, but in other ways, I think we do a fantastic job of emulating who Jesus is and was when he walked on the earth. Because we are, and not in an arrogant way, we're really here, if you're here tonight, man, congratulations, because you're here knowing that you're not going to get a big flashy sermon. I don't have a PowerPoint presentation. I don't even have it. I don't have anything, right? We're just here to study the Word. We're here to get to know Jesus more. And you've given with your lives and we've given with our finances. And this you know, this week in Haiti, a bunch of kids are going to go and have breakfast or lunch. Or, actually, it's like a kind of a, a Brenner. It's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner all together, right, in one big meal. But they're going to eat today because that's the image of Christ. And whatever image, and I think that one other thought process, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys for some conversation moments. But I think that in our own personal lives, so that's kind of the ethereal, philosophical lesson of this. But then on the personal level, it's like our own image of God, okay? Now, keeping in mind, when I say this, what, what they would do in, in, in idols is they would take an essence or a particular part of God, and they would take that, and that was God, okay? And so in our world, we would see things like the prosperity gospel. Or we would hear things like Calvinism. Those are specific parts, and we identify a specific sect of faith based upon that. Okay, Newsflash, there is no prosperity gospel. There is the gospel. But when you take an element of... Because, yeah, absolutely, the Bible says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, which means God likes steak too. Make a note of that, vegetarians. No. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he owns vegetables as well. But it says in this, for instance, he owned cattle on a thousand hills. So God is rich. He does roll deep, and he paves the street with gold and, you know, good. But that is true of God, but that is not only God. It's a point about God, but it isn't God. Because God also uh, has the, the, well, Jesus, who didn't have anything, right? He says the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. These are all, God, I guess what the point is is it's too... God is too big and too complex and too sophisticated to try to squeeze into a little box of who I think he is. So it isn't that he's a rich God. It isn't that he's a poor God. He is God. And he's big enough, and it's why we have to trust in the Holy Spirit, so that for sometimes God is going to cause somebody to prosper, right? And he's going to have them blessed and financially stable like he did with Abraham. And then he's going to, have to take people like Paul and Peter and, you know, because if prosperity is the only gospel, then Paul and all the other guys, they failed because they died poor and broke. You know. And absolutely God can and will heal people. He did. He, he has, I've seen it happen. And then sometimes he doesn't. Both are true of God. And I can't box him into any one of those elements because it's all here. Somehow divine free will, my free will and divine predestination are both true of God. I don't know how, but they're both in there. So it's both true of him. He's bigger than what we try to box him into. And it is important on the ground level because then there's a, he's not here tonight, but there's a, a guy here who comes to conduit often and he had some issues where he you know, felt like, he, and I remember he got the text message, man, I really screwed it up this time. God is, God is done with me, I'm just sure of it. He's mad at me this time. He's given me this in my life. And you know, the fact is, is he had an image of God that wasn't accurate. And so on the negative side, not only around us, Creating a false image can affect us on the whole, but on a personal life, when we create an image of God that isn't accurate, it messes up our walk with the Lord. If it's of a God that is angry and mean and abusive, that's gonna mess up your walk with the Lord. If it's of a God that only wants me rich, prosperous, I have a friend who's in that gospel right now, and he is absolutely, his faith is shipwrecked because he's filing for bankruptcy because it didn't work. And he's got questions and he's got legitimate questions. And the truth is, is that he's going to make it through and it's going to be okay, but that, that image, so to speak, of God that he had bought into wasn't who God is. And so it's important that we understand that worshiping other gods is different than idols. Idols is taking an element, an issue, of a piece of God and calling it God, calling it all of God, worshiping the true God in a false way. <laughs> And so I say to that, for those of you that are wondering my thoughts on American Idol, it's got nothing to do with anything.
3: <laughs>
2: it's, not,
0: it's semantics at the end of the day. That word idol isn't the word that we use. This is actually a word called graven image. It's an image hammered out of something. Now, if you want to go back to no other gods before me and argue that all day long, that's a whole different thing. But as far as it, does it apply to thou shalt have no idols, you know, graven images, it's a different conversation. So um, Jay's mom, you can relax uh, Joe's mom was a little panicked about what I was going to say about American Idol. Nobody can know. You can't know who wins now because we can't watch it. You know, um, I, you know it's a, that's a hard issue. That's like any other thing on television, as far as I'm concerned. You know, that's a that's a conversation of whatever is holy, pure, just, and you know, if you can make it fit through that filter, go for it. If not, well, you know, do what I did and go watch Star Trek and repent anyway. um <laughs> So that, I mean, that's the basic element of it. I think that the creating a graven image is that. We've created an image of God. And I think that we can have hope as a church because, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but this week man I've been hit up with several different little emails or this or that from folks that are out there that are doing kind of what we're doing. I've, 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 a lady hit me up. She saw a picture from Haiti. She emailed me out of the blue and said, man, I think you should meet my pastor because we're a church in Dallas, and we're a spinoff of a church in Memphis, and we give away 60% of the money that comes in. Um, and my pastor, he just got back from Haiti. He's been going to Africa. And um, and it's a church that's doing that, okay? And it's hard because churches, you know, that's just not normal, so to speak. Um, it's not normal, what you know? I know that New River was born in an environment like that. And I know that you know with us, it's not normal for a church to not go to church on Sunday and to go out to the you know to the inner projects and stuff of our towns and to be doing what we're doing. That's not normal, but it is the image of Christ, and that is, in my opinion, what uh, what the church needs desperately. What we need uh, holistically, even personally. So that that's my thoughts. What's uh, what sayeth thou? I know I did that quick tonight, but I, I went long last week, so this is my—I'm earning your forgiveness. <laughs> what jumps out at you guys with that? I mean, does that make sense? I'm like... you can be quiet, but I'm going to wait. So, Second <laughs> like Corinthians three eighteen says we all, with unveiled face, beholding in a mirror of the Lord the
2: of are being transformed.
3: Glory, glory exists
2: in the Lord, Spirit. And uh, I was talking to you earlier in reading um, the physical process of making an idol. People, if you're, if you're carving, or not an idol, but an image, you're carving the image of something, sort of like you were know, to carve the image of a human, you would give it eyes, but it couldn't see. You would carve out hands, but it would have no. Evidence. And we do this with different things in our life. We make things that actually have lesser forms of ourselves. We create them to be exemplary, but they're really just useless. And we were talking about how, you know, throughout history, the church has sort of created this image as opposed to letting it be created. Like, we're hmm. hmm. created in this image. So, I guess I'll call it. Not, but the, the commandment is to not make a great image, but Paul is to walk in the his. And like that verse talks about, we do this together as a community, transform from glory to glory through the spirit. I think that possible that spiritual gifts are sort of what God gives us each part of the image. Those are all little representations that collectively we as the body of the embodiment of Christ. Make up the image of Jesus who was the physical image of God. Um, the other thing that I kind of is that there's a progression that happens, like you can't bow down to something unless you've made it, and you can't serve it unless you bow down to it. It's sort of it kind of as the scripture separates those things, like sort of do one.
0: I don't remember if it's Psalm one fifty or one fifteen, but I think it's one of those two where it actually refers to your dumb your idols are dumb and ignorant and can't speak. Like yeah. Which made me think of what you're saying, because you you put eyes in them, but it doesn't mean they can see, you know. <coughs> what else? I was just
1: thinking about something this is actually to ask another question, maybe we can do you think with how, I know in the U.S. And I can only speak to places that have been outside of the U.S., but do you think that even sometimes how some churches pick certain areas areas of Christianity or of God and just go with it so much that it actually, that in itself becomes an idol? Like I think of you know, there's so many different types of churches but some churches, all you ever hear is, well, Career. Yeah. And then like with their prophecy, and then other people like our friends. It was like, seems like each group kind of picks one thing and then just goes for it to the
0: point of that becomes an island. Our um, by the way, our, our the internet just went down here. Like oh, the actual, yeah. did you guys all experience that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> that really sucks. Is anybody out there like turning stuff off in here? Like it literally like the whole thing went down.
3: I, I went to a church in nineteen like, ninety in Florida. Seem like the whole church identity. Like, it was almost like the more times you've been arrested from abortion clinic, like, the more
0: were to God. And like, oh, dude, it's so bizarre. I mean, people come up with testimonies. And then there's like, a total kids arrested 58 times. And I was just like, oh, this is just bizarre. Yeah. I have a monogram bullhorn. <laughs> um, um, um. It's Psalm 115. Uh, made by the hands of they have found There, you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think the answer, Jeremy, because it's interesting. One of the things that I kind of jotted a note on, I don't really dealt with because mostly because I've got a couple friends that do this for a living, So, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. Um, like we actually have like our American church actually has consultants, okay, and these consultants. Pencil pushing guys, their gig is to um, find out what your uh, specialty is. Who's your target audience? Okay, who do you want to reach? And then you build your just like it's a like like you're making a record. Who's my target audience? I'm gonna make a record that's gonna be, and they literally that's like, and they make a good living doing this. They get thousands of dollars to get in and unpack your vision and your and so. You know, I think that, yeah, in essence, if you are, um, if that's your deal, and, and I think that, it, whatever, it, all kinds of flavors, and I'm, I'm not one to say that, you know, one denomination. Saying, I mean, who knows? At the end of the day, we're all going to get to heaven and find out we we're all just a little bit wrong. But but I think you're right. If it's like, like that, it's fine. I hadn't thought about it. I've I've been around those folks. I've actually got a, another friend who, if you go to his Facebook, he actually has pictures of him with his bullhorns and his signs and his, you know, you know, he spent a Good Friday out on a road with a bullhorn and a cross. Um, you know, uh, on a street. And it, you know, it was just, but, but he's that's his environment. You know, and so I think, yeah, if you if you connect into it, I just think I think that's it. Like you just make that image of who God is. And I think, the a, moment
1: you see it in that moment, that yeah. is true. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you blind yourself. So you right. Know, thinking of uh, some other way. That's why I like books. Right. I know not everyone likes. The book of Shaq. But for me, what I liked about it was it was one of those books where I could read it and I wasn't reading it as theology and I wasn't reading about it to no longer read the Bible or anything. But Mm I liked how um, it made me think about God in a way that I I had an actual product.
0: You know, it's funny because um, there was a prominent pastor whose name I will not say. who actually went on the, it's, it's, I found it kind of funny because this is a pastor that gets in a lot of trouble for being misunderstood. So I found it, or taken out of context, funny that he would spend a, lot, like a whole series on why the, the shack is um, wrong. Because he used the graven image that he tried to create a picture of God in it. And, and I don't think that is the point. Trying to get your mind wrapped around who God is isn't necessarily the point, but staking your life like worshiping Him in that way is where I think we get sideways on it. You know, we pick out just a corner of it. And I thought, honestly, he'd, he'd painted a picture of God that was different than anything I'd ever seen before. You know, you create all kinds of elements, and, but you know, people got offended because, you know, Aunt Jemima and you know all the people that were in there that looked like God, you know, that they were. Um, but anyway. Uh, Jay's mom says, uh, Oh, I hope this is right. As a kid, <laughs> the cross was more than a symbol. There was a belief that Christ was present in the cross, and the cross had the power to protect. Fear. There should have fear to not have one with you, which is a literal, obviously graven image of it. And those are clearly, you know, I mean, Jesus isn't on there anymore, right? He left it behind. Um, what else? Anything else? I mean, did it make sense? Do you think I'm you know, crazy? Jamie, don't answer that. <laughs> I need to touch on all the um, commandments, but I just thought it was interesting
4: because at Great Chapel this past week they on. And he was talking about how the law, how like, God created the commandments in order to show us that it's not like we we shouldn't gloat in the law, but it, shows, it proves us how guilty we are. Mm-hmm. And um he went on to say it, like Romans, Romans 3, 19. Basically, in twenty, that every mouth may be stopped, and we do have guilt in our bottom. And and then Galatians three twenty two to twenty six, um, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, but we no longer need
2: a tutor. And
4: and then um, Romans five one and two, being justified by faith, we have. Peace
0: with God. Have access by faith into
4: this grace
0: in which we stand. We hmm. I that yep really... if you weren't here a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the difference between the law of God and the law of Moses um, I would recommend that you go to the podcast and listen to it because we live in a world where that is considered that we don't have to worry about the law. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. I don't have to worry about it. you know. And I always think, which one did you have a problem with? The murdering? Was that a problem? Did you? The adultery? I mean, is that where you're hung up? <laughs> um, but there is, And we won't go into it tonight, but there's a difference between the law of God and the law of Moses. And so when you say, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace, the answer is, well, kind of, um, that's kind of accurate. There's a differentiation in the New Testament between those two. And uh, and we will get there. I mean, maybe we'll go to Leviticus next. Won't that be fun? Because yes. the law of of Moses, which is for Israel, um, I mean, almost every one of them. There's like a picture. There's a, a piece of it that all points to the cross. It's amazing. So, thank you, Jamie. Grace Chapel. We're huh? talking about. He's good. So, Let's go listen to his podcast. See if he thinks I'm nuts. Anything else?
3: Not like uh, oh, the
1: Abraham Lincoln Memorial, you know.
3: <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, in our eyes. right. And it's not
0: as literal. In their world, it's it was quite out. literal because of the fact that they were doing that. They were they would go make a golden cow and dance around it. So it was very literal to them. Right. Now it wasn't. You go to the temple and the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. There were actually images, so to speak. In there, there were cherubim. There are things that were carved out. So it isn't that that was those images are wrong. Right. It was, yeah. As a tool of worship, you know, to worship God in a false way. So, so Abe's safe. And you, you can
2: build it. You can't build it in order.
0: That was an excellent ring. Anything else? No other opinions, points.
3: Yeah, <clears> I like what <throat> you said about where we're God and what other people think about us is very important because we we tend to just you know watch our thoughts. and we yeah really them whatever yeah you know, they're us so all they because I'm Christian right really it should be more like we treat them
2: right
3: there, I think it was even was further it into like the thing I struggle the thing we struggle like with in church is like I often sit in church buildings. As many churches as there are here, they're yet yeah, maybe not as many, but they're big. big. So every church has got five thousand people. Yeah. And so I sit there and I'm like, okay, so everything's vanished, right? And it was like ancient Egypt, you know, we have to glean how these people worship. And they came to this church, and I'm, like, huh. I'm like, well, they would see that there's a credit you know, and it's <laughs> like a carousel. So, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I don't know. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Came out, you know, right. And Because the argument always is, oh, you know, these old churches are beautiful. They cost tons of money in marble. Right. I'm like, you would know, have walked in there and it's like this is the place of worship. And then, right. You know,
0: there's through, the sun showing through when they worship. Right. Is not like you know. And the, but and the, the, the question, virus, and I would, and, I would so. and I've gone a little deeper because I would say, you know, because I think I agree. You go out like the, like in Europe, and these, but did it make it right? Because you go back to what Jesus did, okay? And Jesus didn't need any of that stuff, okay? He didn't even have a youth group for crying out loud, okay? And he was fine. And so I don't know the line, okay? And I, you know, makes me kind of uncomfortable to even go there, but it's like it didn't. he didn't need it. And I think that what you're, and this is part of the dot that I haven't really connected in my mind yet, was so is the image of God a big monster church, Okay, that we spent $40 million on. And There's I don't... There's a
3: massive overhead in that this sermon at some point has to be guided to maximizing the, the donation. I mean, because, we, yeah, hey, we're averaging, we had a scandal in school, and kids have dropped out, mm-hmm. we need to average something head. I mean, yeah. It <laughs> make, no, it, it goofy. But
0: you know, these like, consultants, dude, they yeah, will tell yeah, you... Is, right. The consultants will go right down to the, you know, the average family in an American church gives $400 a month. So you need X amount of, quote, giving units, okay, because that's what a family is called by a consultant, a giving unit to achieve your budget. Now, I'm happy to say that I'm a part of a church. I've been in an elder meeting. We've never called anybody a giving unit. And if anything, our pastor is doing everything so counterintuitive that I'm the guy saying, hey, what, what shouldn't we at least pass the bucket? I mean, you know, like, and if I'm the guy saying that, you know I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, But... But that's the thing, though. It's a beast. I've I've used the metaphor of it's like a, a little baby dragon. It's kind of cute, you know. <clears throat> you keep it in the backyard and pet it and water, but eventually it grows up, and you better darn well feed it, or it's going to burn your rear end. And that's what really you've done is you've created this beast that needs food, and there's not a pastor out there that in a private moment wouldn't tell you that that does not lean heavy on his heart or her heart of trying to make up with I don't know if you've done the, the note on a. We did it on my, my Facebook when somebody did the point of uh, the, the trillion dollar debt that China would the monthly on that would be. But the monthly on a $20 million note is significant. And it's like, and that's why I'm excited when I'm meeting like these churches out there that are doing like giving away 50, 60% of their money. Because I'm not saying a, a church doesn't need revenues to survive, or that a church, what they're doing is not valid. But we've created this image again of what God is and what a church should be. And there's an expectation of that. And so, if I'm standing up there and I'm asking for 10% of your money, I better have a youth group, a children's pastor, a senior high a youth, you know, a junior high youth pastor, a family pastor. A, all of a sudden, we're eating it up in payroll because it's become a career choice because we've created an image of what it's supposed to look like. And it's
2: kind of interesting. like There's like this, this image of a person that's like really into like the, that, that whole megachurch thing. And then there's... Like then I see like people in Nashville, like musicians maybe a little more liberal, like that that are just like jaded and so that they, they don't want anything to do with anything. So they just sit at home and then everybody
3: else is kind of saying, Well, you're kind of a hypocrite too, you know, like I like, I just like people can talk about complain about everything, but like what are you doing
1: about it? Yeah. Besides so just kind of sitting at home and like yeah. saying, Man, this sucks. Yep. Like, you know, like <laughs> Which is yeah. why we've talked kind of, you know, at the very beginning of it when Darren and I started telling people what we're starting to do, it was like this overwhelming, like, oh yeah, I want to be part of that. It was like, even, even now when I'm talking to people and telling them, oh yeah, like, we actually put online where the money goes. Yeah. We don't take any money for it. And yeah, It's just kind of like this concept of like, are you kidding me? I would say, if there's
3: a difference between something real and something tangible, me giving money, I guess it's something real. It's like kids being fed, it's houses being built, you know, so much in the megachurch is
0: about giving money to something tangible, staying receiving, spending uh, two years, right? Right. Like right. Like, well, that's what, you know, yeah. Paul said to be a cheerful giver, and of course, I grew up in a charismatic, so that we had to clap when it was offering time. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but maybe we I haven't, that didn't mean I was happy about it, but maybe, we, you know, we haven't given him anything to be cheerful about, you know? I mean, it's like, you know, I, I mean, I literally walked back from Haiti, and I am on fire. I was exci- I mean, I was <coughs> calling my wife, and we got our time check written, and I want to you know, It's like, I was fired up for it because it means something. And Lee Fields, who is part of a church that I guess I shouldn't say the name of, um, says that a big consulting company told them that if they spent $250,000 on media and they only gained 10 families from it, that they would break even. Okay. That means somebody who sat down with a 10 key and a spreadsheet and figured out why it's worth spending that kind of money to uh, think what you could do in Haiti with a quarter of a million dollars, how many families yeah, you could gain.
1: Place, place of hope in Colombia. Yeah, yeah. You know
0: what I mean? I guess. There's no money in it. Right,
1: and you don't get to see your
0: new chairs yeah. but you get it. And, and give me, hear me say this. I think what, 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 kind of the the burr in my saddle, so to speak, is that historically that hasn't happened in the churches. And so there has to be a parachurch organization to do these things. Because the church is busy feeding the beast. And so we have to have parachurch like place of hope, like compassion, like you know. But in what I saw in Haiti was I saw a church doing it. Like it wasn't a parachurch organization. Restoration Ministries, don't get this point lost on you, is a church. They meet on Sunday mornings and like for 18 hours. <laughs> and they wave their flags and it's really hot <laughs> and they're like really hot and they don't care. They don't even, I mean, they're like, benches might be even a stretch for what they're sitting on but I guess they do have those kind of chairs in there but there were benches for the kids to have lunch but I, I'm saying this, it was a church so it be why you know, we've designed these facilities in America that seat amazing numbers and, I've, and i this is the hypocrite of me, because okay, part of my day job is booking bands into those facilities. Okay, So understand, I do not come to this with clean hands. But we have tens of millions of square feet in America that are useful for only one thing, and that is an event-driven opportunity. Whether it's a concert or it's Sunday morning, it's an event, because we can't use it any other purpose because we don't want to mess up the pews, and for God's sakes, we don't want to spill something on the carpet and the padded seats and this and that. We don't want the kids to mess up. That's the only thing it's good for, those events. And so for 40, 50 hours a week, those things are lying, or more than that, completely empty because there's no other use for them. Whereas in Haiti, we use one. We used it for a medical clinic, right, a church in it. We had meetings. You go to Africa; they use it for a school. They feed them, and they go to church all in the same room, and they don't care if anybody spills something on the carpet because there ain't any. And so, I just think that well, that's what the church God ordained the church. Okay, us as the body, and you know, you know, and it's clear that you know if it's compassion, a group of believers, whatever. It, there, that is the church. But I'm just saying we've got these two separate entities that I believe should be blended into one and they can be and it's doable so for what it's worth uh Lee Fields big consulting uh, that's enough <laughs> uh, Scott wants to know if we can monetize communion um his, his church <laughs> be an open bar but that's Catholics um, my church bought, brought in this is amazing 3.3 million last year Gave away 1.6. Sweet, Scott says. Not spending 250K. Debt free, they'll allow to get their building done. Uh, There was a church in Chicago that convened, covered the stage in plastic for the Cutlass concert. (laughs) He says, Lee was our tour manager at one point. He says there was a church in Chicago that covered their stage in plastic for the concert, the hallways were marble. That's not cheap, by the way. I just got granite countertops. Somehow I have a, a leak in my floor in my kitchen, and I get, I'm, I'm, I'm with new countertops. Somehow this is... Anyway, the leak is fixed, and then we'll get a new floor, but somehow a granite countertop came in with this. So. Um. Here's something that, I feel a little overwhelmed, thinking about the entirety of the world and the church and how it's viewed, and just thinking
4: about that, I'm like, okay, my person seems like, hey, I don't want, want to make that different. I want to change that. That's what would make me want to sit at home and be like, "This sucks." No freaking idea how to do that. But so it sounds like more of a personal level, like Mm -hmm.
2: it comes down to the individual becoming more in alignment of Christ as opposed to sometimes the
4: body, because in events and things we do together, whether it's—I mean, excluding maybe like meeting all the time, having a life group or something. are used for like you said are events and those are completely really emotional and fleeting mm-hmm. and aren't really changed by some of that's but well maybe that's my problem. You know, we're not hmm. we're not yeah. actually being conformed transformed to transform what we're supposed to be so just thinking how does that apply I can mean, be like wouldn't, change
2: how kind of can I I know. Create the church as opposed to, I mean, as opposed to individual, I mean, yeah, like it, it's like a different
3: but being. Yeah.
2: You, yeah, like God, because if we create the image, we're going to screw it up, and that's sort of what I feel like eighty percent of the time. Most of the time, is that we're trying right. to figure out how we like, can be the church as yeah. opposed to allowing the Lord, to, like you said, change us and just
4: permit. well when we are when we were in Cambridge, I felt really changed because we kind of. What we thought was like a terrible situation to stay in, we'd drive while as to stay with complete strangers, and they—I think they were involved somehow. Connected with some would be like, okay, you just open your doors to um, I was so completely exhausted and so past trying to be a good person. I just didn't care. I was just like, whatever these people would were saying I not care as so long as I like, I ended up getting to this place and. Amazing, like had had no thought of themselves, had everything like laid out for us, and um, kind of like left the key inside lock your door
3: in the mm-hmm. Out of the working morning, but you know, just letting, let you guys know we don't know you,
4: but we love you, and we're here for you. I was like, I went to sleep crying. So I feel like this is the first time I've experienced
3: somebody body mm. wow.
4: in years, you know? and it's something so simple to me. I was thinking, would I be doing mm. that? like some random man who kind right. of like and leave them it just that's what I mean I felt like that was like the church being
0: instead of or maybe right of body, you know? there. one of the things that I've and I've, I've obviously written about it before on the blog and we've talked about it here but Peter talks about using good works to silence The talk of foolish men. And because the fact is, is, you know what? The Bible does have a very specific statement about homosexuality. Absolutely it does. But Jesus wasn't known for that. He was known for being compassionate and loving. So it's like, it's an element, but it's this tiny one. And so it's somehow, because I think what we've decided is it's our our job to convict the world of sin. But Jesus said it was the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world of sin. So I don't have to close the deal. On the contrary, what Peter says I have to do is, when I'm doing good works, that that's what silence. I think it's First Peter 5, but I don't remember. Through my good works, we'll silence, through your good works, we'll silence the talk of foolish men. And I remember, it, and for whatever you think of this guy, good, bad, or indifferent, Rick Warren spoke at uh, Obama's, or he prayed at Obama's, uh, President Obama's, be respectful, um, inauguration. And he caught a lot of flack. He caught more flack from the Christians than he did on. But there was definitely a contingency of folks out there that were, Uh, specifically I brought up homosexuality from the homosexual community that said, you know, that started to make a stink, but it silenced him because how can you really bash a guy who gave away 90% of the money that came in that, you know, to feed and clothe, you know, he's done more for AIDS patients in Africa than any, probably any civilian anywhere, you know, and it's, so it silenced him pretty quick. They tried to, you know, you could, it's hard to make a stink on that now. If it were any other guy out there, I mean, you know, who knows? But it's like that was such a living example of good work silencing the talk of foolish men.